Hello and welcome to Wisdom Talks, the podcast of the Metis Project, the internet portal for intercultural wisdom literature and wisdom practices, to be found on www.metis.ethz.ch. In this edition, we'd like to elicit another methodological pillar of the Metis Project. Nelson Goodman's Ways of World Making will be center stage of this talk. Michael Hampe, professor of philosophy at ETH Zurich and initiator of this intercultural philosophy platform, will help us to understand how Goodman's investigation can be of use to such a platform. My name is Elian Schmid, and I welcome our listeners and Michael Hampe, who is here in the studio with me today. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so, I have a Wittgensteinian quote. If a lion could talk, we would not understand him. Well, human beings do have a lot of words and concepts, but nevertheless, we fail to understand each other very, very often, even if we share the same language and the same culture. Metis conf- is then confronted with a Babylonian confusion? Or what do you think? Well, it can be a Babylonian confusion we are living in if we do not try to understand each other but it is not necessary so that we have to live in a Babylonian confusion. So it, it's up to us if we live in different cultural bubbles or, as Nelson Goodman called it, in different worlds. The interesting thing about uh, Nelson Goodman is that he thought that we can jump from one world in the other world, that we can make worlds out of worlds. And I don't know what he would have said to the Wittgenstein quote you, you gave us, if we would be able to jump into the world of a lion, he probably would have thought that that is too difficult because um, um, there are many practices that lions uh, uh, follow which we cannot participate in, uh, say, hunting uh, a deer or so. Uh, We can only do that with a rifle, but not with our teeth. So um, the the life form of a lion uh, might be so uh, different from ours that we cannot uh, transport, say, or translate or bridge our world into the world of a lion. But I think uh, Goodman thought that if we look at the way humans produce worlds, uh, then we can understand how we come from one world to another world. So are we talking about imagined worlds here or concepts of worlds or how can we understand these worlds that Goodman is Mm. talking about? That's a very good question. It's It's not easy to answer it because... Goodman was quite radical uh, in his use of the concept of world. He thought that there is no possibility to talk about our world without using a certain symbol system. So we have no non-symbolic access to the world, according to Goodman. Even if we if we feel pain or if we see something red then we interpret the pain as being harmful or non-harmful, being the pain of a tumor or being the pain of a tooth. So um, all pains are given to us uh, in a certain symbol system. All colors are given to us in a certain symbol system. Red can be the red of a cherry, the red of a tomato, the red of uh, lips or whatever. So um, our access to the world 
is never unsymbolic, he thought. And because we have different symbol systems, um, he thought that we actually live in different worlds, um, um, and not just imagined worlds, but actual worlds. So he, he, he believed in, um, in uh, different actual worlds, and um, once he compared his own project to the project uh, of the philosopher Kassira, who also um, talked about symbol systems and developed a, a philosophy of symbolic forms. And Kassira said that there is a symbol system of mythology, the symbol system of art, uh, the symbol system of science. And what Goodman does is radicalizing this idea of different symbol systems by saying, our experience of the world is always shaped by certain symbol systems. So there is no like real world we all live in. We all live in our different symbol systems. Well, these symbol systems are real. Our worlds are just a mixture of um, experiences that are formed by symbol systems. And if we want to talk about our experiences independently from a symbol systems, we just don't have any method of talking about how should we talk about uh, our experience without using symbols. We just can't do that. And therefore, um, uh, our worlds are uh, shaped in uh, more or less um, different ways by the different symbol systems. That's, in fact, um, a thought that, that not only Goodman had, but that can also be found in Kant, who thought that we need concepts in order to make experiences, that there are no experiences that are not conceptually shaped. And uh, what Kant thought uh, was that these concepts are universal, that all human beings um, use the same concepts like space and time and causality in order to shape their experiences. And Goodman thinks or believes or shows that we use different concepts, in, in, uh, especially in different sciences, in order to shape our experiences. So we need to kind of find a way to talk with one another and to bring these symbol systems into, uh, into a discourse with one another. That's at least the uh, idea we have in, in the Metis project. Uh, Goodman himself was not so much interested in um, bringing people from different cultures into contact with each other so that they can understand them better, but he, he was very much interested in the way art and science develops. And um, if, you, if you take Newtonian physics, for example, you see that Newtonian physics is, is, is very different from Einsteinian physics. And uh, that's because the concepts of space and time in Einstein's physics are different from the concept of space and time in Newt Newtonian physics. In, in Newton, you have a container space and an absolute time where in Einstein uh, the space is uh, something that is related to mass and there is no empty space and time and space are connected uh, uh, to the velocity of bodies that move through fields. So it's, it all seems very different. And there are some relativists who say um, Einstein and Newton talked about entirely different things. You, 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 they are incommensurable, was the term. Mm -hmm. And uh, Goodman shows that you can produce 
Einstein's world out of Newton's world by distorting uh, Newton's concepts a little bit, by understanding them in a different way, and then you, then you can under understand Einsteinian physics as distorted Newtonian physics, or you can understand Newtonian physics as simplified or distorted Einsteinian physics. So it's all about bringing things in relation to one another again in that case. That's right. You, you bring them in relation to another, another and you say they are different, Goodman would say the, the Einsteinian world is different from the Newtonian world, but nevertheless you can make the Einsteinian world out of the Newtonian world by changing it a little bit. And and he, he applied he, he was an art dealer and he applied it also to paintings by say you, you, you can show how cubist painting develops out of um, a certain way, um, say, the Impressionists um, uh, painted and the way photographs were made and the way photographs had an impact on, on painters and so on. So, so he tried to show how ways of painting are ways of world-making and how um, um, ways of painting in a certain way developed out of former ways uh, of painting. And now we try to, to apply um, this idea um, to um, intercultural relations. So we try to uh, say that uh, in Buddhism, say, you have a certain attitude to making claims. What um, relevance should claims have in your life? And then we look, say, at skepticism and at, at Pyrrhonic skepticism. And then we say, well, Pyrrhonic skepticism is certainly different uh, from Buddhism because it seems that uh, the Pyrrhonian skeptics did not meditate where the Buddhists uh, meditate. But nevertheless, the idea that your mind gets calm if you do not hold strong views is common in both of them. So you might look at Buddhism as a sort of distorted skepticism or you might look at uh, skepticism as a sort of um, distorted Buddhism. So you get a relation between um, uh, um, uh, traditions of wisdom that use different concepts um, and you accept them that they are different, but nevertheless you can travel from one wisdom tradition to the other one. So, but to do to kind of travel back and forth, to find these relations, um, do we then need to start with the same need? Um, so if you say that we want to find inner, inner calmness, is this the starting point? We need to look at these different uh, forms of philosophy and literature, or how can we go about starting these, these relations? Mm. Now that's a very difficult undertaking, I would say, because um, you have to be very cautious um, how you deal with the differences. And I, I would say there are two extreme extremisms in, in our present um, way of looking at cultural differences. The one is, say, dogmatic relativism, that you say, the people in China are so different from us that um, we, we will never understand what they mean by death, what they meant by friendship. And um, we, we are not allowed to um, uh, argue with them about death, friendship or love because um, Chinese are Chinese people and, and Swiss people are Swiss people. I would say that's um, uh, uh, dogmatic relativism, which is 
to my view, at the background of all those people who um, produce strong criticism of cultural appropriation. They treat people in different cultures as a sort of aliens, say, which we cannot understand, like the lion, uh, who's, if, he, if he would speak, we would not understand the lion, and they, they all almost seem to say, well, if Chinese speak, and even if you learn Mandarin, you will never understand a Chinese person because you have not been brought up in their culture. So Goodwin is a bit more um, optimistic, if we think about it. Very much so. He's, he's, he's also a relativist, but he's not a dogmatic uh, relativist. He calls himself uh, a rational uh, relativist. But before, before I, I, I talk about uh, the way he thinks relativism can be made rational, uh, I want uh, to, to distinguish his type of relativism from dogmatic universalism, which dogmatic universalism would say we could only understand people in China or Japan if we would produce a universal global culture in which we all use the same symbol system. And I think uh, that is imperialism, that you would um, try to, to draw people out of their histories and um, put a global, perhaps artificial culture on top of their head in order to um, put people into contact. Because we would have to define one one thought to follow, right? Someone would have to say, this is the way we think and we all need to do this. That's right. That, that, was, that was tried uh, in, a, in a very uh, um, Goodmanian way um, some time ago by producing an artificial language like Esperanto, that you, that you try to, to make people uh, understand each other by eliminating all the, the historically grown languages and, and put some artificial language on top of them in order uh, uh, to, to put them in contact. And as we all know, that did not really work. So symbolic uh, structures have, have a history and people are, are dear to their histories and, and they like the way um, they lead their life and you cannot just pull them out of their ways without being uh, violent. So you have to respect uh, different forms of life. You do not need a global culture, you do not need a global symbolic system, but nevertheless you could uh, help people to understand each other all over the globe by showing how you can transform one symbol system in, the other, in another symbol system. And that's what Goodman tried. He, he, he tried to show that uh, Newton and Einstein did not live in enclosed bubbles and that you could not understand Newton from an Einsteinian perspective and the other way around because he knew that uh, students of physics can understand both Einstein and Newton and they developed out of each other. And we now apply this to uh, wisdom literature by uh, saying certainly um, uh, Zhuangzi is, is different uh, from uh, Immanuel Kant, say, but nevertheless I can relate the symbol system of the Kantian ethics to the symbol system of the Taoistic or Confucian ethics. So Metis actually wants to um, embrace all these symbol systems and kind of bring them into contact with one another. 
that's that's exactly the right description. We want to bring them in contact uh, with each other and mirror them uh, in each other, mirror uh, one symbol system of the wisdom tradition A and the symbol system of the wisdom tradition B without producing a universal symbol system, without producing a, a world wisdom uh, tradition or a universalism of wisdom. So... I'm trying to think of um, an example that you might be able to give us to kind of um, have, a, have a clear image that we can understand Goodman's symbol systems. Well, there are lots of, uh, lots of examples. One, one example is that uh, people deal with death in burial ceremonies differently in, in uh, Tibet, say, and uh, here in Europe. Uh, you have um, corpses being put uh, on stones in high mountains in order to feed animals from the corpses. And uh, if you look at this way of dealing with dead uh, bodies, you might think that there is no respect for the dead person if you do not understand the symbolic context in which this um, uh, um, uh, tradition has developed. Yes, and so thinking in our own box, we would think, oh no, this is horrible. Our symbol system would not allow us to do such a thing. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. But if, if, you, if, if you are a Buddhist and if you believe that, uh, if you believe in reincarnation, if you believe in uh, an empathy with animals, um, then uh, you are doing something very gracious and beautiful by feeding, say, your the the, the body of your father to uh, to eagles and vultures. It's it's not there's nothing gruesome about it. It's only gruesome uh, if you think that um, meat uh, is um, a thing and that you treat your dead father like a thing if you if you give them uh, to the him to the birds. So um, and, and I think uh, for for Buddhists in Tibet, it, it would, would look gruesome to to dig a hole in the ground and to put the body into the ground without uh, bothering about who could be uh, fed from the flesh of this body. So, um, without understanding um, the intellectual background, the symbolic background of these ceremonies, we are often shocked um, by what people do in different cultures. And if we if we start to understand um, the symbolic background, we we see that both care for their dead. So, in fact, um, um, uh, the act of burying and the act of um, feeding the body to the animals uh, are similar, say, in mood, perhaps even similar in intention. They try to solve the problem um, how can you deal uh, with your sorrow of the dead, uh, that, that, that a dear person is dead now and you need some, some farewell. So you produce a ceremony, but these ceremonies are very different because the symbolic background uh, in which you create it uh, uh, is different. And, and once we study these, these backgrounds, um, we will not be shocked, I think, uh, by what uh, other people do in different symbolic contexts. So in, in order for us to not be shocked by others, we need to keep an, an open mind. And before we um, start judging other practices, we should think about what context these things happen in. That's right. As, as, as people 
thought that Einsteinian physics is a sort of madness because it does not use Euclidean geometry anymore. The studying of Einsteinian physics shows that it's not at all a kind of madness. It's as rational as... Uh, 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 As Newtonian physics is just uh, a different symbol system that relates to uh, slightly different experiences. And, and I think you could say the same about different uh, burial uh, ceremonies, that uh, it's not at all uh, that one burial ceremony is, is horrific, is, is, is a horror show that burning people, feeding them to animals, uh, throwing them into a river or burying them are, are uh, disgusting or mad uh, practices. You have to understand these practices uh, by reconstructing uh, the symbolic frame. And by doing that, uh, you, can, you can support the understanding of people that they, that they uh, do not consider um, each other as mad or irrational. And to go back to the title that, um, of Goodman's text, Ways of Worldmaking, um, so we do actually make worlds in that case. Yeah, we do. So the, the the examples that you gave with the burials in that case, so we have our different worlds and they are actually made up. So we kind of need to move away from the idea that there is the one truth that we can find in that case. So we as people have to come to terms with the fact that we can never find the one truth in, in the world. Yeah, that's. I think that's a, that's the right description. But uh, the, the difficulty with this description is that we have something lost. That uh, once we had the one truth, and now we have lots of different truths. But you can think about truths uh, as you can think about time. We all live in different time zones. It's now, I think, uh, uh, six hours later. Uh, in Taipei than it is here in Zurich. And it's now nine hours earlier in California than it is here in Zurich. And in the same way, um, um, burying people is different in Tibet than it is uh, from burying people in Switzerland. But we have not lost one type of burying people. We have not lost one type of feeling sorrow for the dead. And we never had one time all over the world. There were all, always different time zones. But what we need is uh, um, a computational system so that we know, well, they are six hours ahead in, in Taipei now and nine hours behind us in California now. And, and Goodman tried to produce such a transformative system between symbol systems. We have to understand what being sorrow about your dead means in, in Tibet and uh, what it means in India. So you can uh, somehow um, not have a world time, uh, but you have different burial zones, say, that are produced by symbolic forms. And well, the Metis time or the wisdom talk time is actually up now if we have to think about time and what time we are in right now. Um, and so I'd like at this point to thank you very much for being here today and for explaining these different systems to us. Thank you for your questions. <laughs> um, and I would like at this point also to um, highlight that please go and look at our website and there is lots to discover And um, also look in our show notes with the links to the archives for the texts. And so please stay curious. Please look around. Please access www.metis.ethz.ch. This Metamethis Wisdom Talk was produced by Martin Munich and supported by Eta Zürich. 
and the Udo Kelly Stiftung Forum Humanum in Hamburg.